بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على الله وعلى آله وصحبه وآله وبعد. So Alhamdulillah, we're here with our um, first interview with a continuous charity. We have, I'll let you guys um, introduce yourself and kind of tell us a little bit about what this organization is and what it does. So my name is uh, Atar Haq. Uh, I'm the president and founder of a continuous charity. Uh, and this is Moiz Ali. Yeah, so my name is Moiz, like Atar said. Um, currently, I'm in the capacity of the executive director role of the organization. We recently, uh, I started um, mid-November of 2016, so I'm just kind of still learning the ropes about the organization, but alhamdulillah, well, I mean, I got the author here helping me out. He's the president and founder, so alhamdulillah, um, if I have any questions or anything, author is always here to support. So about the organization, <clears throat> so I mean, I, since I was there to begin with, I, I'll take that question. Yeah, go ahead. And then Moe's and Shadow will forever from now on <laughs> take that question. <laughs> But uh, so back in, so when I was, I used to, I did undergrad in San Diego, uh, UCSD, and I was one of the youth counselors uh, or youth group leaders for one of the masjids, that, the local masjid. Uh, and in that masjid, they had a lot of like small youth, a lot of, but I guess what, what we'd see at that at that time is, you know, people would be first generation, if not just straight from literally Afghanistan or Somalia. And a lot of the, the youth would get lost in this situation because their parents would have to work two jobs. Most of them were cab drivers working like most of the day. They'd have multiple children, and they would have no role models when it comes to higher education. So we knew a lot of them were very, very talented. They were able to like, memorize really well. They were able to do a lot of different things. Uh, but when it came to education, there was really not that much emphasis placed by the family because the family was so busy making ends meet. So a lot of what would happen is Fafad and these people who were so intelligent when it came to learning about Islam would then you know, start taking jobs because they need to help out their family. They have a family of like five, six kids. Uh, that both parents are working. So they need to bring some money to the table. So then they would drop out of school. They would, and I feel like not only would they lose out on talent that they have, but then also the Muslim Ummah itself would also lose out on that they could possibly bring to the table, especially for the Ummah that's in the in the U.S. Um, so we were always like trying to counsel and tutor them and trying to you know push them in the right direction. Uh, so that's one of the, one of the, I guess the the founding principles of our organization is to help those students through advice and financially to make it easy for them to attain a higher education. Uh, and then subhanAllah when I got and you know I went to medical school and then I went to residency and alhamdulillah you know I do residency you make a make a, a little bit of money so I was able to then also help from a financial perspective so I had a lot of friends in Michigan at the time uh, that needed help to go to school so I would kind of you know give them the small loans for a semester or a class or something like that and alhamdulillah like, I know people have a really bad experience well generally people get a bad experience when it comes to loaning money uh, but alhamdulillah I felt like since they were my friends we were close and we had like a really nice relationship and not only that but they had jobs and you know there are people who would it would be easy to pay back a certain amount of money so i would, I would loan them you know one or two or three thousand dollars and have that over a course of five six months they would pay it back and then you know me and my friends were thinking we're like well this is like a, i'm sure which is I'm, hundreds of people in the past have probably thought about the idea we're like hey this is a really good idea maybe we should make this a collaborative effort get the community involved uh and then maybe think about taking it to the next level taking it to a national level so what we did is we had a really uh, an amazing muslim uh, brother at the uh, at the masjid, he was involved in the youth program. He was giving dawah. He was coming to a lot of the salah. And he was like a very pious person, and the community really knew him well. Uh, one of the things that was making his life very difficult was the interest-based loans that he already accrued uh, from taking uh, from going to like ITT Tech, one of these institutes. Uh, he was in debt like one hundred and eight thousand dollars, and he didn't even finish his degree because he realized at the end it was kind of like a he felt like it was a scam, and none of the credits were transferring to places he wanted to go. They're like in the outskirts of Michigan, you know, in the boondocks. So um, he ended up 
dropping out of that, just getting him a, a job. And now he's stuck with $108,000 of debt, interest-based debt, and he had no idea what to do with that. And he was making monthly payments, but as we know, when you have that much interest-based debt, it's hard to even just make the interest payments don't hit the principal. Uh, so Hamda, since the community knew him, we got together, we started, we started Ramadan, and you know, we just literally like went down our phone list. We made a huge list of maybe like 50, 60 people, and then we kind of used him as like um, – I guess like a, a pilot for uh, the future organization. So we talked to the people. We were like, hey, he's you know he's always in the masjid. You know him. He's very consistent. He's very punctual. He has a job. He seems like you know a great candidate for us to like help him with his debt. And so we're like, well, instead of giving him a scholarship, let's give him a loan because people like the concept. I guess getting their money back. Mm -hmm. uh, so instead of going the scholarship route, we're like, let's just give a loan because at least the, at least the community members will be. Maybe more fancy to that because they'll get their money back. So alhamdulillah for that person, we were able to raise like $30,000 and we were able to pay off like five or six of his higher interest-based loans. And alhamdulillah, that, that was about four or five years ago. And now that brother is completely debt-free after. Uh, and he still alhamdulillah has a, a very similar job. And now he's just repaying all of those interest-free loans to the community members, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. And in fact, our organization, uh, another, uh, I think, $20,000 to finish his last payment on some of the loans that he had. So, and when we saw the success, we kind of waited and he was making payments, he was paying people off, and then we basically used that as the cornerstone, as the pilot to then run our national organization. Alhamdulillah, in June of 2013, that's when we got a non-profit status with the IRS. And Alhamdulillah, since then, is, mashallah, Allah has made things easy for us. We had, um, you know, like a, a fundraising dinner at my parents' house for the seed money for the organization. Uh, that night, I think in August, um, we were able, of 2013, we were able to raise like $50,000. Uh, and then from then, alhamdulillah, we never really looked back. And Allah has, like like last year was such a huge blessing. Uh, we had no idea we were going to raise that much money and give that much money in loans. So alhamdulillah, from then on out, Allah has really made things easy for us. Alhamdulillah. Why are we called A Continuous Charity? Good point. Yeah, that's a really good point. So the reason why we call ourselves A Continuous Charity is based off the hadith in the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam about Sadaq uh, Jariyat, the famous hadith, the matter of insan, that when a person dies, all his deeds are uh, stopped except for three deeds, you know, Sadaqat and Jariya, which we've translated as a continuous charity, um, you know, beneficial knowledge, or well, that a uh, righteous child who continue to make dua for you. So we believe that our charity is actually um, a manifestation of this hadith. Um, there obviously uh, is the, the perpetual aspect of when someone loans money or when someone donates money to our organization, let's say $50,000 and we're able to give that $50,000 to Ahmed to go to medical school and then Ahmed pays us back and then we loan that back out to another individual and it continually cycles like that even after the say the original donors passed away, his money will still continually be using to help people out and as we know loans in Islam are sadaqah and so this is therefore sadaqah jariya. And also, any knowledge that that individual, when they go to school and they accumulate and they use it to benefit people, obviously the, the primary usage of uh, is Islamic knowledge, but I think some scholars are of the opinion that you know secondary knowledge, such as uh, secular knowledge, is also can be included. Um, so that's the second manifestation of the hadith. And then also these people, these kids, subhanAllah, when you, when you read some of the letters they write to, to, to donors, certain donors that we have who have given quite a bit of money to help them go to school, they make so much to offer them, they pray for them. Um, the words are really, uh, you can just sense the emotion that they have for being able to be <coughs> saved from having to pay riba I, through either refinance, which is another thing that we didn't get into too much, but which I will after this, inshallah, or through allowing them to go to school interest-free.
Mary, subhanAllah. It's such a such a blessing and yarmah. These people they continually make du'a for our donors. So we feel like this organization is um, a real manifestation of the hadith of the Prophet. And that's why we call ourselves a continuous charity. Um, how many people would you say right now are getting loans right now? Like how many students are out there or people who've gotten loans from you guys? So, so far we've loaned out um, 70 to 70 students, um, roughly $773,000. Yeah, $773,000 to roughly 70 students um, all across different states within the within the United States. I think we've um, lent out to, what's that, three, four, five, about 10 different states. Um, uh, recipients have received our loans, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. In the last one year. Okay, alhamdulillah. Logistics-wise, how does it work? When the students apply, do they, uh, I'm assuming, like probably get more people who need money than you have money to offer. So is it like people who run certain professions are favored, or is any of that taken into account? So we have a um, application season. Mm -hmm. um, typically, that's from January 31st to uh, January 1st to March 31st. Yeah, um, that's our application season. And then we use a five-tier system to vet out applications. Um, and this, the system is based on uh, the first the first tier that we use is Islamic scholarship or academic scholarship, you could say, mm -hmm. how well they do in school, their GPA, their grades, so on and so forth, um, test scores. Uh, the next criteria we use is Islamic scholarship. Um, and that is, <coughs> are they actively seeking Islamic? Are they memorizing Quran? Are they going to the masjid attending halakhats? Um, are they trying to learn Arabic, for instance? Um, are they doing anything to actually to increase their knowledge within the Islamic sphere? Uh, the third criteria we use is community service. Are they actually actively volunteering in the massage and organizations uh, in the community that they belong to? Uh, the fourth thing that we look at is their location. We prefer to give money to uh, cities and states where um, people have been generous and have uh, you know, donated that money to our organization, so we want them to see the barakah and the effect of our organization with that. And the fifth criteria is um, need. So we look at their financial records, um, their tax returns from, say, themselves or their parents, um, and we uh, we have that scale where we grade them based on who has the most need for it. And then we add up all those points, and then who has the highest points, given um, interviews, other um, conducts the interviews with, with all the applicants, and then... Um, the ranked applications, and then um, other decides who's going to get their the, the loans based on that process. Yeah, just to add on to that, though, our application is we know, like as you mentioned, there's a lot more need than there is supply. Mm -hmm. uh, so the niche that we're find are, or the market that we're marketing to are, the, are those people who are going to be the beacons of Islam in the future. Those who are promoting Islam, who are being that representative of Islam to change that perception that the U.S. has or that the media portrays of, the, of that Muslim. So you have a young professional who is not only religious practicing, and he might look like some people that you might find overseas, whether the sister's wearing hijab or the brother has a beard or whatever it might be, but someone who's then actively involved in the community, who's not only helping the Muslim community, but also the non-Muslim community. Who go, When he goes to work, he's very friendly. He's able to, you know, he's able to have relationships with people at work. But at the same time, he's, he's praying at work. He's showing what Islam really truly is. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the niche and target. That's why our criteria, our five-two criteria, are you know kind of focused on that group of people so that we can get those people into positions of power positions of you know high revenue uh, so then they can give back to the not only the muslim community but the non-muslim non community mm -hmm. sure all right going back to like, like how this began so like I know a lot of people especially like in college they have these ideas and i'm sure like this idea like a lot of people had before like you mentioned 
But alhamdulillah, you guys were able to take that idea and translate it into an actual organization which is helping people. What was the process between thinking this idea in your head and then actually translating it into real life? What was the work that went into making this a reality? Um, that's a good question. Alhamdulillah, I think after the blessing of Allah, I think, uh, you know, my wife would say I'm like a very stubborn person. So I figured like, you know, this is something that's really important to people. And I'm like, well, let's just put, let's just see what happens. Like Allah knew best where we'll be up, you know, now now almost getting to like over, almost, you know, passing $750,000, three quarters of a million dollars. Um, but I think it was just really, you know, just thinking of an idea and then being as practical about it as possible. And then just, you know, taking the steps to get there. And that obviously we had some, we went certain directions and we were, you know, kind of shut down. We went other directions, but I think just keeping that fire alive, having an idea and then running with it. And then you're not just giving up at, at the first sight of uh, hardship or difficulty. And I felt like every single year Allah has blessed us. And, and you really get every single year, even like me and Moise are talking about it. You know, we're trying to raise funds every single year. And we're like, man, how are we going to get to this point? How are we going to get this point? Mm-hmm. But subhanAllah, like every single year Allah has made it so that we raise more and more money every single year. Now this coming year, <laughs> it's obviously <laughs> last year, we'll be able to raise a lot of money. Uh, but we're hoping that but we're in the same situation, you know, and Allah, like really we're doing this for the sake of Allah, we're trying to be as sincere as possible. And our goal, like you said, is to promote, promote uh, education in this country, to protect against riba. And I think since we're a very unique organization that's specialized or specifically targeting an American-based, a Muslim-American-based issue, and I think Allah has really put a lot of blessing in that for us. Uh, so, you know, just advice. If, uh, I'm sure other people have thought of amazing ideas. You know, really it just comes, you just, just to build a team and kind of just keep working through the problem and you know, if it's something that's meant to be, Allah will reward you regardless of how it turned out. And alhamdulillah, so far, thus far, we've been successful. Um, and we ask Allah to continue to give us success and may us allow us to be that organization that turns that new leaf and allows for new organizations and new ideas to come to fruition. And really, like Nick said, smile, just trying your best to be sincere, working hard, and not giving up, I think, for the three key elements. Yeah, I mean, have you faced any um, like obstacles or people objecting to it, saying that this isn't a need or that we shouldn't be spending time doing this and spending money somewhere else? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, subhanAllah, it's, it's funny because like, whenever we even go talk to like, non-Muslims, so I was at the bank today uh, fixing some of our, our issues at the bank, and then Muslims, like people at the bank who are promoting interest, like that's their business is promoting interest, right. right? I may be indirectly, but nonetheless, like part of their job description, right? Right. So uh, when I tell them, like, oh, Company. Well, I'm like, actually, it's not a company. It's a nonprofit organization. Um, and we give interest-free loans for college, university, and graduate school. And every single time, like, the non-Muslim will be like, wow, that is an amazing idea. I've never heard anything like that. And I, and I wish that was around when I was going to school. So you'd be surprised, subhanAllah, even, like, the, the amount, we give very little resistance we get to the idea. Because even the non-Muslim understands, and Muslims understand as well, that you don't want to pay for more, you don't want to pay more than you have to in the first place, right? And something so critical and vital to life is education. I mean, it's we. I feel that it's a right for people. Um, and unfortunately, in this country, unlike other countries, like they almost take advantage of the student in the weakest time. Um, and even though the student is here to learn education, to not only get, make money for themselves, but to promote a healthy environment in the future. Whether you're a teacher, whether you're a doctor, whether you're an engineer, whatever it is, you're going to give back to the society, and the, the country as a whole will benefit from that. But unfortunately, the system is based around taking advantage of those people when they're when they're poor and weak, and then you know, stuck in them until the day that they die. Um, so our system is trying to revolutionize that concept uh, and make it easy. So I think people understand that. And you know, the few Muslims that have an issues for like, and the only issues they have is they're saying like that you know it's a it's a huge issue what you're doing. Like you said, it's a, a drop in the sea, uh, so on and so forth. And that's really a, a, almost kind of they just coming from a negative I guess per- perspective where there's such a huge problem out there. 
and we might as well just succumb to it instead of thinking of alternatives. So, but like I said, most people are very happy with what we're doing. Whether even whether they believe interest is haram or halal or zulur or whatever, um, most people are very happy with what we're doing, and there's very little confrontation that we get from it. So, in terms of supporting uh, your organization, is this an organization that you wish people can pay zakat to? If guys like city, is this something which is I take zakat money and pay that to, or is this not fall under that category? It's a good question. My sheikh over here asked. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we our previous our previous um, bill council they did approve it for mm-hmm. um, uh, as a zakat eligible organization. However, upon further consultation with our new fifth council, which um, comprises of Sheikh Yasser and Sheikh Omar Sulaiman, um, Sheikh Yasser Burjas to be specific, um, he felt that uh, that we shouldn't go that route. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, also based upon my own uh, little studies here and there, uh, the, the actual concept of zakah is you have to have the, the, the person who's receiving the money, mm-hmm. they need to have milkia over it, i.e. to have ownership of that of that wealth. And that, that concept just does not apply here because if we're going to loan out somebody $10,000 to go to school, they don't have ownership of that money. They actually have a legally binding contract, which you make them sign when we loan the money out, that they are going to pay us back every dollar that they took from us. Um, so that, that transfer of ownership is not there. And hence, um, at this point in time, um, we, we are not comfortable with, with taking the cat money. So actually, following up on that, so how exactly is um, it enforced to get people to pay back? Since obviously, I'm guessing we can't charge a fee for paying late because that would be interest. So how how do we um, how do you guys go about um, enforcing that or making sure that people are paying back their loans? So um, our our application process, um, mm-hmm. our our process that we use to select applications has a lot to do with it. Alhamdulillah, we've had, we have a 0% default at this point in time out of the paid back. I think 19 students have completed paying back their loans out of the 70 that we've given loans out to. Um, and the other part of it is the legal aspect of, of having them sign that legally binding contract um, so that we're legally covered, we're allowed to go after that money. Um, obviously, we do view the loan as a sadaqa. Uh, it's charity. Um, we'll obviously take into account the situation, whether or not they lost their job, um, if other something else is going on, maybe health issues or whatnot. We take all that into account. Um, but if it's something where they're just not, they're refusing to pay us back, we have um, alternative to legal legal recourse where we can actually garnish their wages if we need to get to that point. But alhamdulillah, up to this point thus far, we've not had to do any of that. Yeah, so um, that's it. Anything to yeah. Out there that I'm yeah, I mean, there's a few, uh, like as uh, Muiz was mentioning, that there's a few consequences to non-repayment. But like Muiz said, like our organization considers this loan as a sadaqa. Uh, but also at the same time, we feel that it's a trust and responsibility that the community gave us. So our part of our due diligence in this process, number one, giving it to people that we think that not only are going to represent Islam better, but also have the ability to pay the loan back. Because mm-hmm. that's our responsibility that we took. Yeah. Uh, but at, and at the same time, we also, like, we have... Not only is that's from like the Islamic perspective, I guess you say, but also from the U.S. legal perspective, like Moe said, there's that legally binding contract that not only do we garnish wages, we can contact, you know, we can contact the credit bureau, we can take them to court, and there's there's actually the contract is like, like I think 20 pages long, so there's a lot of like vernacular that I, that frankly, I don't, a lot of it I don't even understand, a lot of people jump mumbo jumbo, 
So, um, yeah, but it's a very in-depth, like, ironclad contract uh, that's very hard to get out of, even from a legal perspective. Uh, but again, alhamdulillah, we haven't had to use it. I think that's part of the process, and that's part of why we have an interview process. Uh, and last but not least, you know, like, we always take their consider their situation consideration. If they're if it's just out of negligence, or whether it's out of, like, some kind of medical issues that they have, or they've lost their job, lost a limb, something happened to their parents. Uh, we had an applicant, I'll give you an example. Um, she took out a loan, I think, about uh, three or four thousand dollars from our organization to go to a some kind of school. Uh, Subhanallah, something happened to her where she was crossing. She was actually hit by a train, oh, uh, which is uh, so she fractured like multiple bones in her body. Uh, she was unable to do anything for uh, about a year afterwards. So, alhamdulillah, we were able to we obviously forgave the loan for her as an act of charity and mercy from our organization um, for you know for her sake, and then also at the same time we someone from the community. Uh, you know, took it upon himself to actually pay that loan off anyway. So not only did she was she forget of the loan, but someone actually then reimbursed that money on her behalf. So um, uh, yeah, so something like I said, we we it's, it goes both ways. We have, definitely have that element of mercy which banks don't have, uh, and we're not a bank too. We didn't mention that, <laughs> but we're definitely not a bank. But then we have the element of mercy, but at the same time there is that ironclad contract that we can go after funds if need be. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Yeah, in the ayat of Riba, that's what it mentions. So someone, for someone who actually has that capacity to forgive that loan, it's better for them to do that. And so that's a, a great example. So um, changing the subject a little bit, uh, so we've talked about the organization and kind of the logistics of it. How do you balance doing your normal job and then this? Because I know a lot of people, especially like in college and MSA, they're working with their assignment organizations and they're active. And after they graduate, they want to be engaged in Islamic activities but don't have the time. So how do you guys how are you guys balancing like pretty demanding professional careers with um, working with this Islamic organization? So that's a good question. So um, I was working me and Faizan, as you know from St. Louis, well, we were working on this organization together. Uh, he had he was working for he was executive director of care and like I said I was in uh, residency at the time and then I became like a, a hospitalist. Uh, um, so it is so the, I mean in terms of balancing, it's difficult because I have a wife, I have three kids. I'm also, you know, we teach some classes at the masjid. Um, and obviously, there's, you know, our organization that requires full time and full time effort. So actually, Moise, we recently hired him as a full time staff. Okay. So this is actually his eight to five jobs. Because the organization, once they got to a certain point, at a certain level, mm-hmm. uh, our, our belief, and we've got a lot of advice from not only from like people like Islamic, the CEO of Islamic Relief, uh, UMR, and other organizations to make your take your charity to the next level. There has to be element of professionals. There has to be right. element of responsibility uh, and you know checks and balances. And you can't really get that if someone is not receiving a check from you. If someone is not employed with the organization, mm-hmm. uh, volunteer efforts can part, and they're really important. They're really, uh, really very, very important for any organization. But again, to take it to that next level and to get to the level of funding that we want to get to, you have to have some professional staff. So we our first time full time professional staff starting last year. Um, so his balance, mashallah, you know. It comes comes and goes as he wants to. No, no. I think it's like uh, like one. As growing up, like I was always, and I'm sure Moise the same. We were always involved in the community, uh, whether it be teaching classes, Sunday school, Arabic, whatever it might be. And I think for this, it was just a step in, like you said, in the right direction. We finished college, and you're like, well, what should I do next? Well, Alhamdulillah, had blessed us with this idea, and then it just so happens that my job, I, I, my full time job, I work half the year. 
so I have like the other half the year to do this and spend time with my family. So, um, so I really promote hospitalists as a job. <laughs> but nonetheless, yeah. So it, it really is difficult to balance because even right, right now, like you know, my family's having dinner, but I'm here having an interview, right? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm my wife about food, so <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but um, but it's it's good. It's good. Like balance is very hard to get, but I think the first step is just getting to the point where you need to find that balance. Because I think a lot of us, when we finish college, there is the desire to want to take part in something big and something amazing. Uh, but then you get bogged down by whether it's interest-based zones, working a few extra shifts, working a few extra hours, family, kids, things of that nature. But I think when someone's in the position where like, well, I'm working so much at the masjid and at my job, I'm losing time with my family, or I'm spending too much time with my family and not maybe spending as much time as my in my community service. I think to have that discussion with yourself, to get to that point is an amazing point in itself. And then once you get to that level, maybe even talking to friends and family who are in the same situation to figure out, you know, how best to manage your time. But I think we need more people to get to that level where am I spending enough time with my family because I'm doing so much community service, uh, so to speak. I think that maybe that's a more important question. You mentioned college prep workshop. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So actually, uh, Faizan uh, and Akhar, this is before my time. Um, they had come up with this idea of doing a uh, college prep workshop. So it's basically a three-hour workshop on uh, three three different topics. Um, number one, the first topic is to focus on kids that are in high school, either freshmen or seniors, you know, anywhere between that, uh, anybody in high school, on what they should focus on in terms of how to get into college, um, you know, how to focus on your SATs, your ACTs, what kind of classes do colleges want to see you take <clears throat> in terms of AP and honors, you know, your GPA, and all, all these things that are important uh, for high schoolers to know about so that they can actually get accepted into college. Another thing, another another workshop that we do or a session that we do within the workshop is around, um, you know, applying for FAFSA, financial aid, scholarships, grants, teaching them the difference between subsidized and unsubsidized loans, and just kind of giving them a general education on that. Um, and the other one, um, off the top of my head, I think is specifically around college scholarships, financial aid, and then how to, yeah, so the, there's another one specifically on scholarships on how to apply for scholarships and what colleges are looking for. And then the first one was about how to be college bound, i.e. what do you do while you're in high school uh, to increase your odds of getting into college? What kind of, like for example, a tip that we give out to people is that um, focus on the PSATs because if you do well on the PSATs, you can get that um, acceptance of the national merit. And there's a lot, a lot of scholarships national merit uh, qualifiers. Whoever qualify for national merit, they have lots of scholarships, more so than if you did very well on your SAT. Mm -hmm. Um, so these are like some tips and tricks. The other workshop is 10 tips and tricks on how to avoid college debt. So one 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 tip is, um, for example, try and take as many AP or college dual, dual college credits while you're in high school so that when you finish high school, you have at least like a year or a semester underneath your belt. Um, and then another tip is go to community college for two years and see if they transfer to the school, the university that you want to go to, and that will save you loads of money, thousands of dollars. You know, one of the funny things my dad always tells me, he's like, and you finished medical school too, so they they always say, what do you call like the, the dumbest person in your graduating class? <laughs> call him a doctor. Call him a doctor, right? So at the end of the day, like, so one of the tips that we did was like, you know, at the end of the day, you don't have to go to Harvard or Yale or Princeton mm -hmm. to get into the profession you want. I mean, it's about how much work, how much effort you put in the buttock and the risk is already written for you in the first place. So you put your hard work in and a little, a little answer, you know, a little already gives you what's, what's he's already promised you. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's not obviously I'm not discouraging. We've actually funded two or three people to go to Harvard, 
Um, but so we're not obviously saying don't go to Harvard. But if you can't go there, you can go there. But like so you have to think practically about your financial situation. We're not in a situation such as, so like for instance, even for non-Muslims, we would give the same advice. But for them, it's okay to take out an interest-based loan. But like I said, being practical, understanding your finances. You know, it's just because everybody else finishes college in three or four years, maybe you're going to take five or six years because you don't have the you have to work, you have to work summers, you have to take less classes, whatever the situation might be. But just being overall practical um, about like you know your education and what's going to bring you the most bang for your buck in the future. I mean, we I might like love some how to learn how to like you know write or you know literature, but at the end of the day, if I'm a man and I just like I'm I'm going to be the ideal Muslim man, um, you know, and then try to like take care of my family. Is that going to bring me enough revenue to support my family and my wife and my kids? Uh, so even advice like that is things we, we like to discuss with, with the youth. Uh, there's a couple of projects that we're focusing on that we've mm -hmm. not uh, fully launched yet. Um, one of them specifically that I want to mention to you about is um, our idea to actually create an endowment fund. Mm -hmm. um, and this fund, our hope and dream is to create a fund that will last long, long after we're, we're gone, you know, for generations to come. Where uh, we have, so say we have this project, we're trying to do 100,000 unique donors. We're trying to acquire 100,000 unique donors to donate just $10 a month for the minimum of like, say, a year. If we were to, if we were able to reach that kind of a donor base of 100,000 people at just 10 bucks a month, we would be able to collect uh, 12, 10 to 12 million dollars, depending on if they have donated for 10 months or 12 months. So let's just say 12 months, that's 12 million dollars right there. Um, if they were able to continue to do that for, say, 20 months, that would be $20 million. If we were to take that $20 million, we could take $10 million and start loaning it out in increments over a five-year period. And we could take the other $10 million and put it into an actual halal investment vehicle and use the proceeds from that or the ROI from that investment vehicle to not only fund our operations but to actually have any overflow go back into um, the loan pool and we can continue to continually loan money out for years to come. And when we plotted that out on an Excel sheet, um, I think this was with five million in an in a investment vehicle and five million loan lent out. We were able to uh, loan out approximately two million to two point five million every year um, from year six to year twenty. We were able to continually do that, and it slowly grad you know gradually increases um, every year. And that's the that's the the end goal of our organization is to actually get that endowment established um, so that this is a self-running and self-sustaining uh, and replenishing project that just continues to grow and grow be in the United States. So we're excited about that. However, we've been having a lot of trouble finding someone to make us a nice flyer, <laughs> which depicts and illustrates exactly what we're trying to do. Um, and you know, we're trying to launch this by I think January 31st or yeah. February or something like that. It's already subhanAllah May 1st, May yeah. 2nd, and we're still we're still we still have not been able to launch. So, but inshallah, yeah. it'll it'll come. It'll come. Yeah, inshallah, it's just a matter of time. So, yeah. I meant January 2018. That's what he, he did. <laughs> I need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> I always get the year. <laughs> we're going to be at Isna this year. So, if anyone that reads your blog. Uh, is going to be at Isna. Please have them come by. Uh, we would love to meet and interact with everybody there. Um, and like I said, we're trying to really get into as many massage and Islamic centers across America um, and provide these workshops and allow us to explain what we do as an organization and to also, uh, you know, garner support from the community. That would be amazing as well. So that's just one big project that I definitely want to let you know about. 
Yeah. One thing I would like to mention, I think we did, uh, we just mentioned like in terms of specific numbers, in terms of students that we've actually loaned money to, and then also like a regular total. But just kind of just discussing some of the progress that we've seen as an organization, because I think to sell a product, which I don't want to sound like we're selling anything, but like, you know, to get people interested about our idea uh, and the fact that it actually works, you know, just to kind of rattle off some numbers. So Alhamdulillah, in the first three years, we were, oh, we were able to <clears throat> give, yeah, so this is our annual report. It was made by some amazing designer, but he can't do that. Uh, <laughs> he can't, he's not able to do the other stuff. It's a pretty high quality design. So, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll email it to you right now. You oh, can take a look at yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's actually really well done. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, some people really like to eat their own horn. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying what other people have said, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, but uh, so how many years we're able to, we were able to loan out, like, make 33 uh, new unique loans. Um, Hamdan, that came out to be about, in total, about around 100 and almost $300,000 in the first three years of our organization. Just last year, we were able to actually give 29 unique loans. So almost in the first three years, we almost uh, totaled that in, in just one year in 2016. Uh, and that total actually came out to $359,000. So in the just last year alone, we were able to give up more money than we did in the first three years. Alhamdulillah, and what that equates to is about $221,000 of interest saved uh, over the next 20, uh, over the next 21, 15 to 21 years for, for those students. Um, and then alhamdulillah in terms of repayment, I think that's the biggest kicker for people is uh, the money that's coming back. So last year alone, we were able to collect $86,000 from recipients alone. And that same $86,000 is then loaned to another Muslim, you know, other, other group of Muslim students. Uh, that compared to in the first three years, uh, when we were only able to loan 33 loans, we only collected $100,000. So just in one year, alhamdulillah, Allah had blessed us. We were able to do almost as much work as we did in the first three years. And that's why we hope that you know, with you know the help of yourself, your readers, and other the other other marketing strategies, we can get this organization up and running and being like a household name, so that people understand when they think about education, they think about us, and they think about helping our cause to help the future of Islam by educating the Muslims of today. So, I, I, and um, so another thing that I don't think we mentioned was that, uh, and we need to focus on this a little bit more is the refinancing portion of of, of our organization. So we have. We have the portion where we give out your standard student loans to people who are actually students who are currently in school pursuing their degree. Um, and then we also <coughs> want to do refinancing options. So we feel like for our donors, that will give them uh, a much faster rate of return on their, on their, you know, in terms of their Ajr account, right, in terms of their deeds, their hasanat. So we definitely we love to do refinancing as well. So if someone's already graduated, they're active in their community, they're making good money, alhamdulillah. Their only thing they have kind of standing in their way is that they have this little nagging pain of having to continually pay that interest on their loan every single month. So we definitely have that option of refinancing, um, which we need to market, do a better job marketing, but we do also offer refinancing options as well. So if someone wants to uh, support your organization, what are the methods which they can do uh, to help support a continuous charity? So there's several ways that people can help. Um, aside from the, the obvious uh, financial support, which people can uh, provide at our website, acceducate.org/donate, um, they can either pay through uh, their PayPal or credit card. Um, that option is always there and always much appreciated. Alhamdulillah. I mean, uh, another way people can offer support is to like us on social media, like our Facebook page. Um, spread the message of what we're doing to as many people as they can within their own circle of friends and communities. 
specifically even another way is um, if people are you know well connected within their community um, perhaps they know board members at Masajid uh, it's very difficult for a young and, and budding organization like ours to get our foot into the door at certain massages just so we can actually go deliver khutbah, provide, you know, college prep workshops. It's been a real struggle for me as that's a big chunk of my job is to try and go out there and spread the awareness of what we're doing. Um, so people can definitely help like that if they have any connections within their communities to get us into the doors of the masajid. That would be much appreciated as well. Um, other ways that people can help are volunteering. Um, we have several several areas of focus that that we that we need help in for example um if someone's like an expert with facebook marketing social media kind of stuff we definitely need help with that um you know maintaining our website doing analytical things on our website uh making flyers making videos uh there's a there's like a whole plethora of things that people could volunteer for if they don't have the you know if they can't support us financially they can definitely support us with their time um and then the last but not least is obviously uh, uh, people can just, you know, make dua for our organization, for our success. Um, that also would go a long way, inshallah. Inshallah, yeah, inshallah. So if, let's say, any of the readers of the blog wanted to invite you to their masjid, how would they go about contacting you? Uh, they could, they could uh, two ways. They could actually email myself or author directly. Um, if, they, if you share that email address with them, which you're more than welcome to do so. Or secondly... Um, they can go on our website at acceducate.org, and there's like an invite us tab, um, and they can go fill out that contact form, um, and we'll, we'll reach out to them, inshallah. inshallah. <coughs> uh, I think that's it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. But uh, inshallah, may Allah subhanahu wa make your uh, organization a success, and inshallah, be a uh, benefit both in this world and in the akhirah for everyone involved, inshallah.